Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How did you find today's show? Found it too swaft, my man. Yeah, too swaft. I cannot wait to make that into a t-shirt. <laughs> I think I think eventually I'm going to get out of my ass and I'm going to do some merch. It is and that's on... going to be the first design. Okay, so we use Trello uh, to, to manage our workload mm. throughout the week. I have a Trello board. I feel like you need a Trello board. Well, yes, but yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today. I've got my own little to-do system going on. And Trello does not satisfy, it does not fit into it. However, it can be like a, a longer project way thing, but not a, not a weekly repopulating schedule like I have with Todoist. It's just, this is not interesting to anyone else. These are private well, conversations mean, on how our, we manage the office. You mean our admin chat? People love our admin chat. What other admin do we do that's uh, vaguely I'm, exciting? I mean, I'm playing Super Mario World at the moment. That's cool. You've got a SNES for the studio. I have, yeah. I bought a, a SNES Classic Mini. Mm-hmm. So that's a new little toy for the studio. We were playing a bit of... Oh, I was playing a bit of Super Castlevania 4 yesterday. And so you were playing Donkey Kong Country. I did one run of Donkey Kong Country and... Uh, not very good. I'm not very good at video games. No, but you just like the sounds. I like the sounds. I like the colours. I like the characters. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite comforting having it just on in the background. Well, yeah, because we're trying to shake things up a little bit. So when I first joined uh, Swaft Nation, we had a lot of wrestling on. We would just throw in an old WCW pay-per-view. We would watch NXT. We would just watch... like Ring just, of Honor 205 Live. Just watch wrestling, and we just, wrestling would always be on. But we've kind of like... It's almost like a busman's holiday because mm. we talk about it a lot. We talk about it every single day. We now we're now we're putting things like Next Generation on, and we're playing the snares, and it kind of sort of breaks the day up a little bit, and it's yeah. just like it, it almost it makes wrestling seem fun again when you can watch more wrestling. Exactly. I look forward to the wrestling. Now wrestling isn't every spare moment of my day, <laughs> yeah. which is nice. It's nice because when it is, you know, you can't over. What a surprise! You can oversaturate people. WWE. And possibly us with three <laughs> three podcasts three a week. Do you remember about that period of time when you thought we were going to do five of these a week? Well, that's what Dave Meltzer did. And I thought, well, Meltzer does it. So that's <laughs> that's presumably what people want. And then we're like, hey, Swaf Nation. 
do you want daily five days a week wrestle ramble and you went no, no <laughs> we want that's too much we want like three tops yeah and i was like okay let's do three <laughs> uh, and then it that's worked because we couldn't do this every day no it's take a lot of work and rendering power the massive files let's get to some reviews first from truce the kid they write best thing ever. Not true. I've been here since the first Wrestle Ramble since before Luke was full time. So that's WrestleMania week, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. By the way, I like Luke more. Oh, oh, you're that guy. I remember that Wrestle Talk show. That's what it used to be called, and all other iterations of this wonderful podcast. Long story short, this is the bed best podcast ever, no matter what it's called. If I had the funds, I'd be a Patreon backer. But keep up the great, consistent work guys truce to kid cheers truce to kid truce rhymes with bruce we're coming for you yeah and consistent that's my favorite bit of feedback because we're not we're not amazing no we're not but we're not terrible we're just consistent just because like episodes will always come out on the days they're promised no one is gonna say mcdonald's that is the best cuisine in the world i might do however you can go to any mcdonald's in the world and it's gonna taste the same and it's freaking incredible well done, globalization <laughs> and rampant capitalism and whatever else that ties into this. Well done, Ronald. Yeah. And Lawn Forever writes, Entertainment Personified. I work a horrendous night shift, 9pm to 5am. Yeah. But every time you post a show, I know that at least an hour and a half isn't going to be complete crap. Thanks for the entertainment, boys. You're not like most girls. Oh, Lawn Forever, Cheers, man. Lawn I feel forever. your pain. Night shifts do suck. Yeah, I, used to, I don't want to trump everyone. But I did used to do uh, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. night shifts uh, seven days a week on a one week on one week off schedule for about a year and a half. And it's taken it genuinely has taken years off my life. because That's that's the statistical thing. People who work night shifts, they're going to die quicker. I I didn't see a lot of you Mm. during that time period because you were just essentially AWOL. While I was awake, you were asleep. And then in your weeks off. You were tired. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it it was very unsociable. Surprisingly, being a like working like that. But the uh, yeah. So that means Lawn Forever is probably on a night shift right now. If they're listening to it. Oh yeah. So uh, that is one of the benefits let's of try and lull them to sleep. That is one of the benefits of uh, working a night shift. I would say when I was I did my one job uh, as a as a youth well I should say as a youth I was in my early 20s working the night shift I did get through a lot of albums mm. um, this was like sort of back in the day before podcasts were really a thing so I was able to just like just get loads of new albums and I explored loads of new music it was an exciting time now I just listen to the same bands and the same albums all the time unless that new unless that same band releases a new album you've got you've got your music taste down so like yeah. Weezer and who else? No, that's a bit. That's, that's it. A, yeah, it's I'm like, Weezer. if if Slayer, Clutch, and Rob Zombie release new albums, then I'm I'm downloading them. Should we get on with the show? Yeah, go on. Then. About a new format rejig we're doing. We're putting stakes on these Wednesday videos. Big fat juicy stakes that don't have any of the little gristle bits that make me gag a bit when when it gets to the back of my throat. We get it's going to be a nice steak with no gristle bits and weird chewy fat bits, but with a nice peppercorn sauce. With the loveliest peppercorn sauce. But hey, wait, Luke. That peppercorn sauce could be treacherous for one of us. It could be blue cheese sauce and horrible. 
Blue cheese sauce is also okay. I like I like uh, I like Stilton on steak. I am not a fan of blue cheese. I find that too many people use it in the Great British Bake Off. Mm. Well, it's a uh, it's an acquired taste for the more s- uh, sophisticated amongst us. Those people who just like feet, it's fine. Some people have feet fetishes. You clearly have one too. Mm. Well, yeah, That's, <laughs> it's the most common fetish. Is it really? Uh, so uh, that that website. With Lana's feet all over it tells me. <laughs> I'm not going to get back into that again. Uh, yeah, I d- just one day, I because I never liked anything mature than Red Leicester, to be honest. Love a Red Leicester. And That's then, the king of cheeses. Yeah, then there was like a sort of gooey cheese in the fridge, and I thought, that smells quite appealing, actually. And I ate a bit when I was about, I don't know, 26. And I was like, I like Stilton now. <laughs> We're on board. I've, I've just come around to goat cheese. That's very nice. Mm. And I like a good rule. A rule, a very, ga- a very garlicky cheese. So um, we're not talking about what we're supposed to be doing. Sorry, I, I took you off track. I took you off track there. And we've had, we just had food. We shouldn't be getting sidetracked with uh, with meals this easily. But we do have extra food waiting for us after this record. Yeah, sustenance. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do from now on, as part of the whole month. Uh, thing as you might remember last month I lost the predictions so I had to record a cover version of Nia Jax's entrance music uh, very humorous BT dubs and um, that, that that was based on predictions and fantasy booking warfare so, you know who lost the most overall now we're going to add an extra spicy element which is who gets the popular vote of Raw versus Smackdown so for instance say at the end of this week's show I'm like I enjoyed Smackdown more and you're like I enjoyed Raw and then we're like well vote in the poll above our heads see if we've convinced you to our case either way and uh, that that will count as a victory for either of us if we both like Raw and you all like Raw we get one point if we both like Raw and you all like Smackdown we get zero points so it only really plays into it when uh, we differ when it's down to the line. Yeah. Yes, hopefully that should make things more fun. Also, we don't yet have a punishment for this month. Uh, don't comment. Uh, do another music video cover thing because I think we need a few more months for that creative well to you, be you, restocked. I think we talked about. Do we talk about this on the podcast? It, it was must on the have, podcast. It was. Yeah. It wasn't on the Wrestle Ramble episode. We we feel like essentially we've peaked too early. There. Yes. Like that, you've already done the best that we possibly could. So mm. the next month, if we did it again at the end of October, it would just feel a bit pants. It's going to be Anchorman 2 if I try and do it again. Which, so, as uh, we all remember, is absolute pants. It's fine. It's just fine. I don't even think it's that. Um, do, you so, that do you remember that long extended bit with the shark? That film is not I, fine, I found mate. that absurdly brilliant. <laughs> I, I really actually like that bit. Because they just were like, well, we're going to do what we want. <laughs> and I, like, I appreciate that. So, also, it's probably worth noting as well that uh, the punishment for the end of this month will probably be late, uh, as I am getting married right at the end of the month, mm. and we may not have everything kind of totted up until yes. that point. Yes, yeah, so it'll be like mid-November that that happens. Mm. Uh, or maybe it will happen on your honeymoon. Yeah, or either that, or I win. The joke and, is, and you... the punishment is, I'm sleeping with your wife. <laughs> either that, or I win again, and you just have to do the uh, punishment while I'm away. Well, should we, I mean... So I lost the first month. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the punishment then? It was the Wonder Ollie. That was Wonder Ollie, yeah. right? That was the big reveal. And then the next month, when we didn't get it arranged in time, you lost. I did lose, But yes. there was no punishment for you. Nope. And then we get punishment in time for September, and I lose. Yeah, so 
if you lose, you're, you're going to be made to do it. Shall we get into the reviews? Let's do it. It's a Smackdown review, Maggle. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. So Smackdown kicked off, just like Raw did, with uh, everyone on the top of the stage at the entrance ramp doing the stand with Vegas thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the only reason we're bringing this up, really, is because on Smackdown and Raw, it was weird that Vince McMahon was out there. It was one of those, oh, a real-life thing has happened, so we're going to all we're break kayfabe, breaking and, kayfabe yeah. and stand on the stage. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, yeah, it, was, it was weird to see him out there like that, especially on Raw when Shane McMahon was with him. And that was a bit like, what? Is Shane going to do an angle tonight? Is that a spoiler? Yeah, I did wonder why Shane was there, but um, apparently he was there for training. That's what Dave Meltzer speculates, just because Kevin Owens, after working all the SmackDown weekend dates, wasn't at the house show on Monday. So it's like, oh, Kevin Owens weirdly was absent there. Shane McMahon's at Raw. Maybe they're working out their match for this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that was... But yeah, that was just a, a weird thing to see Vince front and centre uh, on the stage. Uh, then at the actual show proper start... This is SmackDown. We're doing SmackDown first this week. With Renee Young in the ring. And she was about to interview Shinsuke Nakamura. Poor old Renee Young. Poor, like just demoted further and mm. further. It's like they just—they have nothing for her. There's no network specials for her to be brilliant on. There's no talking smack for her to excel on. So now she just stands there and holds a microphone for people. You know, she is Charlie Caruso on SmackDown. Yeah, and Charlie's grand and all, but like Renee's so much better. I thought Charlie Caruso was a different person this week. <laughs> yes, yeah, she... she was dressed really differently. Yeah. With, you know, pretty much not showing all the cleavage. It was a very different Charlie mm. Caruso. But, you know, I, I think Charlie's grand, but, like, Renee's just so much better than, than just holding a microphone for someone to cut, let's be honest, a pretty poor promo. Can we just... Can we make it a rule now to stop letting Nakamura cut promos? Clearly, yeah. it's not his forte. It's not his first language. The it, it's He struggles with it. Let's just stop doing it. Let's just stop putting him out in front of live audiences or putting him behind in front of the camera and make him cut promos. Do you know what he's good at? Wrestling. He's brilliant at beating people up and looking like a badass yeah, and having a wicked that. entrance. Don't then have the big wicked entrance and then ruin all that, mi- uh, that mystique by giving him lines of dialogue he can't say. So let's let us let us just stop this now. This is awful. Well, it's like he can say. He, he does say that the lines, they're just... First, they're terribly scripted lines. Uh, they're too long. Like, if you're going to make him speak, just make it one-word answers. Also, if you're going to give him uh, promo stuff, don't give him sticks and stones may break oh, my bones, yeah. but words will never hurt me. You know, that thing that our parents taught us when we were children, when kids were bullying us at school. Yeah, that was it. It's weird because I, I don't know if that... Like, if Japanese culture would know of that uh, saying, you know, there's loads of sayings that English people have, that Americans are like, what are you on about? And he, but I don't know, maybe never even, maybe thought that's a good line. I, I, I've heard for the first time, but I, to everyone else, it was like, well, that's an awkward, that's a rubbish cliche. I thought he was going to start the cliche line of being like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm going to kick Jinder Mahal in the face. Yeah, but I'm going to break you more. Yeah. With bro- stones. Absolutely. <laughs> with stones. And the stones are my knees. Yeah. Yeah. And and the and the you is your face. <laughs> exactly. That would have been grand. But no, it's it's the Roman thing all over again, mm. where they just gave Roman awful dialogue. Suck, suffer and succotash, son. As soon as he said it, as soon as uh, Nakamura said the Stones line, and I thought, oh, you did just say the thing I thought you were going to say, which was the worst, you know, the most boring, asinine thing you could have said. Yeah. 
I th yeah, I thought suffering succotash right away, which is the infamous line many people point to as the moment Roman Reigns jumped the shark. Yep. Uh, give him a manager. Like you. He doesn't need a manager. He doesn't need to cut promos. No, I think I think it'd be a nice little package with a, a decent manager alongside him. Yeah, but he's so... I, I think that Shinsuke's so unique in his entrance. Having a manager, like, just walking behind him would be very, very odd. Hmm. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, so, th luckily, he only got two answers out. And then Jinder Mahal... Well, the Singh brothers interrupted at first... And Jinder Mahal attacks Shinsuke from behind. Because the Singh brothers always make their entrance during the ad breaks, I had no idea whose music it was. I thought that was. A, is, is this a, a is this a different thing that they're <laughs> is, doing? Is the Carly? Is it like the back? celebration yeah. that uh, they had a few months ago? But no, it was Jinder and the Singh brothers, and yeah, that's that's it. Jinder Mahal stood tall. He did. They put Jinder over strong. Mm. And uh, well, I guess he had to get his his comeuppance after last week when Shinsuke looked strong but usually I mean this doesn't act when you when you write down the results on paper apparently this doesn't ring true actually but it seems like whenever a heel stands tall the person standing tall on the go home show is the person who loses at the pay-per-view mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that's happening here I think spoiler for the prediction show on Saturday I think Jinder's winning mm -hmm. uh, yeah the, the other thing is this is your WWE championship in the opening main segment. Of, really should be main event. I, I, um, uh, but it's uh, this was your hot go-home angle. I had a thought about this while watching this show. And mm. it's something that I think that SmackDown is really missing. And it's something actually they used to do a little bit a, a while ago. But I feel like they're really missing it here. Especially it would have been grand on this go-home show to like really amp the crowd up. Rather than have like I loved this the main event segment that they had and it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant main event. But wouldn't it have been really great if you'd have had like a big sixth-man tag with Shinsuke, mm. AJ, and Randy versus Rusev, Baron, and Jinder. Yeah. Like, that that there is a six-man tag as your main event. I plug that throughout the show, being like, we've got a huge six-man tag coming up later on tonight. I'd have, I'd have really enjoyed that. It also would have been a way to, like, tease people for what's coming on Sunday, mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, I mean, and what they did throughout the show wasn't bad, but, like, that, I just think that would have been a great, a, a much better main event. It would have been a fine main event. I, I, you see, that's something that's quite overdone as well. I guess they haven't done it in recent months, though. Yeah. So that would be a nice change. That's but I, sort of, yeah. I would prefer. It just, it's more symptomatic of how far fallen the WWE Championship is, and how really, you know, like, what's the word? Disappointing Jinder's been as champion. Yeah, I mean, you and I were were, were high on the Jinder train. We wanted to really give it a chance, but like, it's been. A well, I was never, I was never on it, uh, but I was open minded. And it's, it's been yeah. it's been a number of months now, and it feels like this experiment hasn't really worked. And the reason why I feel that this experiment hasn't worked is because they've never give, they've never given Jinder a shred of credibility. They've never let him win on his own merit. He's never looked strong in matches. Mm. He's always wormed his way out of it with uh, the Singh brothers' interference because they uh, they they want to push Jinder, but at the same time they don't want to hurt anyone else. So they have to give Jinder these screwy finishes, but in doing so, have made him a really uncredible champion, if that even is a word. Yeah, it's a, we had low expectations for Jinder Mahal's championship run, and he's, I mean, he's failed to meet mine. Yeah, he uh, doesn't set the low bar. He is the, the low, low bar. bar. Who was that for that we did? I think it was us. We are, yeah, we are <laughs> the, the low, low bar. bar yeah. Jinder's probably doing chin-ups on our bar. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so next up, we had Natalia and Carmella against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Um, this... I mean, this was a nice little tag match. Mm -hmm. Yep. Zipped along fine. But again, it's like 
this is a championship match heading into the weekend. It was it was like the first or second week of a feud, not the big go home final week. Yeah. And what they did do, just like I see why they did it, but it's so obvious to make it better, which is the finish happened when uh, Carmella hit Becky Lynch with the briefcase. And while the legal people in the ring, this, the referee's back was turned, was Natalia and Charlotte. And Charlotte was distracted by Becky Lynch getting knocked out. So Natalia got her in the sharpshooter and made Charlotte tap. Why not? So Charlotte tapped clean. She's the person who's challenging for the title that weekend. Why not have Becky Lynch laid out? Carmella hits Charlotte with the briefcase while the referee's back's turned. Then Natalia gets her in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And then you like, Charlotte, you know, was cheating out of a victory there. I can't wait for her to get her uh, her revenge on Sunday. And, ooh, Carmella's still kind of factoring into all of this with the money in the bank, bank cashier. And look how powerful the money in the bank briefcase is when you use it as a weapon. Yeah. So I I just thought this was, this was so uh, the low bar. It was, the, it was again, it was just, I want to say it was average because this is kind of the standard of WWE. Mm-hmm. But actually, in overall wrestling storytelling, this is this is the low bar. Yep, and just once again, what is the tea thing? Mm. Oh, that's that's just a I, I, I know there's like... I've, is that what's getting to you? It just doesn't get to me just because they just do it for no reason. I think it's meant to be like, a, oh, that's nothing, that's none of my business. It's that um, mm. uh, Kermit the Frog meme. But, like, they just do it. like So they just kick them to the ground and go, look, that's none of my business. Well, it is your business. You just kick them to the ground. But it's a taunt. It's, it's just a, it's just a it thing is, that people do. It is an awful taunt. I'm with Corey Graves on you this. You don't like it. I'm with Corey Graves. Uh, now we know now we that, know that it's, it's, it's Michigan, not... Uh, yeah. yeah. You thought that palm was the entirety <laughs> of North America. It does you look a loon. bit like... Yeah, it does look looks a bit like... like it looks like Michigan. I could have told you what Michigan <laughs> looks like. Uh, next up, we have Bobby Roode beating Mike Kanellis. He's still employed. In about 30 seconds. Yeah. What a spinebuster. Yeah, what a spinebuster. Love spine Bobby yeah. Roode's spinebuster. I've, I've just written here, poor Mike. Poor, yeah. poor Mike. And like he was brought in with a lot of fanfare, mainly because Maria was with him, mm. and they really liked Maria. Was she even at ringside? No, she was not because pregnant. she's pregnant yeah, now. Yeah. So, which means that he's been jobbed out like ever since because they didn't like him, and apparently he's been having a lot of personal issues. But now with Maria pregnant and not with him now, it's going to be just further downhill for him. Mm. I'll be amazed if he's employed by WrestleMania. Yeah, because he's sort of got a jobber entrance. His music was still playing... As he was in, uh, as we... Which is a shame, uh, it, did, it gave me a bit of a warm feeling. It's great entrance music. Was, Do you it, remember how much we used to sing that when he first debuted? Yeah, wasted now. The money in the bank, was it? Oh, <sighs> that was only June or July. I know. And they've managed to kill him that fast. What? They can't possibly ruin Asuka. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps saying. They can't. You can, you can put her anywhere. She'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, I've said that, and I'm, I feel like I am kidding myself. Yeah, I said the like, same. I said the same thing when Bailey came. I was like, "How can you get Bailey wrong?" Oh, they managed it. Marvel might do like have a a really good fan favorite actor in a good villain role. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Gonna Michael, Michael Keaton it. was great in Homecoming. He was okay, I think. Uh, after this match, which was very short, as we said, Dolph Ziggler then came out and he teased the fancy entrance. So yeah, he said, "I'm gonna have." A really big entrance for Helena Cell. I don't think he's going to do a big entrance. I think he is going to troll us all, and mm. he's just going to do his regular entrance. I think it's going to be even less than that. I think, like all the lights are going to go off, and it's going to be built up as a big thing. Maybe a drum roll, 
and then the lights just come on and he just walks out mm-hmm. no music no frills just no, not doing any taunts yeah someone uh, said to me on twitter this morning that um the match should last only 30 seconds and it should just be like a spine buster glorious ddt and he wins and that shows that he because the Ziggler's promo was all about like you're a great entrance but all of a sudden but the problem is that bell has to ring mm. so it'd be great then it's like if the bell rings and then he just wins in two moves thus yeah. proving Ziggler wrong but um yeah. yeah Dolph is the worst he I really do not like this character and I guess that it's kind of working me a little bit because mm. I really really don't like him he has got X-Pac change the channel heat if I was a viewer of USA Network I would have wanted to change the channel he is the dirt worst and this the other thing I, I didn't like about this segment was that it is the the uh, the second week of this feud technically because it only started last week. Yeah, but it felt like the second week of a feud. It didn't feel like the big go home angle. Yeah. for their pay per view match. You did say that for so much on this show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, but that was it. Didn't <coughs> feel at all like a go home angle. And uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Well, I I do think you're being a bit down on Dolph Ziggler. I I do disagree with everything you've said what he's been given i is think he's awful. doing very well with um, well, okay. and what he's been given is f- fine you know i think it's the worst gimmick of the year <laughs> uh, i didn't quite get that so i've been you know i've been on dolph's side for most of this but then he got out the drum and then he had the air horn i wish he had the air horn that's a good gimmick when that yeah, was funny that was funny yeah. the microphone but the big drum which it's is a bit strange. It's just it making loud noises, mm. and that's what people are reacting to, loud noises. He just, like, this would all turn around if he just did the CM Punk entrance. He would get nuclear heat for that. It is drawing CM Punk chance. Yeah. And the usual sign of a CM Punk chance is, this is stupid, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up we had the Usos and the New Day in a promo segment. Speaking of the complete opposite of Dolph Ziggler, this was awesome the uh, i mean i think the usos are great they're so good and what did you say a few months ago i know i didn't like that they're first. not that good promo no no i did there was that one promo i was not keen on because i felt that they dragged it out too long i love them uh but from then on i've really turned a corner on them mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't look back now and admit that i was wrong at that one point but i think they are really really great such a great promo i'm still amazed that they're both equally good talkers. <laughs> like it's not. I know they're identical twins, and they probably, you know, they they're very, very compatible. But usually, you get one who's like slightly off, mm-hmm. and then someone's really good, and they carry everything. But they complement each other so well. And yeah, I think you know they're up there with Enzo and Cena as the best promos in the company. Mm-hmm. And the New Day, you know, held their own. But I think the Usos, their style of delivery is so unique. Yeah, and uh, the content of their promos. It's, it's so good. They're, they're way above the New Day. I love the penitentiary stuff. I love it's it's not paranoia. It's an ooh. So it's, yeah, everything about them is awesome and they can go. Yeah, they and, are. I, and I, Sorry to interrupt, but I, I've, I've never been a Usos fan. I did not like them when they were baby faces. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought they were the blandest team <laughs> in WWE. They were, the, they were so forgettable. They're so forgettable that everyone forgets they were part of the, the Roman AJ feuds early last year. I don't. <laughs> But, I remember that, but they're so like this mm. heel turn, and it wasn't at first the heel turn. It was just like it was in the last few months. It was the week before WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, something suddenly clicked. I was I was always a fan of their in ring wrestling, but yeah, when they were baby faces, I couldn't care less about their characters. No. Uh, so yeah, the Usos cut a really really good promo. The New Day come out, 
and they just say, you know what? They don't, you know, they drop all the silly stuff and they say, we've had really good matches and this weekend we're going to have the last one inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And we're going to have a really good match as well. And they just nodded and they, they parted ways. And a lot of our criticism for this show at the end, I think, is going to be, these are the go-home angles. That's rubbish. You know, you should have done so much more. But here... I thought it was perfect. Yeah, really worked. It was, this was a good. This was a very good go home angle mm, because they didn't need anything hot because the match is already sold purely yeah. on the the match quality that they've had at SummerSlam and on the SmackDown episode. You know, the last four matches have been terrific. Now I've got an honourable mention segment here. I've I've brought this up a few times in recent weeks, but can we now agree that Byron Saxton is awesome? No. Why not? Because he's not. He is so good at the role. You know, he's just giving, he's just doing stuff he's given. His role is he's a nerd, yeah. But him and Corey Graves together just are the perfect tag team in heel and uh, a bit doofus babyface, right? You say a bit. Very doofus babyface. Here's something that uh, one of our viewers, Rob Pontin, tweeted in, just an exchange between the two. Corey, Smackdown has become glorious. Can I get a hallelujah? Byron, hallelujah! Corey, not you, Byron, you lower everything. That's great. And I I don't know which bit he was talking about, but when I was reading people's reactions, someone said, uh, hey, did you notice that Corey was setting up a joke and then um, an ad break came and he didn't get his joke out in time? Yeah. And seamlessly, it when was, it came It was back, this one. Oh, it was this one, Because they, they said, um, oh, Bobby Roode's coming up next. And he went to shout, can I get a hallelujah? And it cut to ad break. Mm. Okay, well, that this is the one. Yeah, and Byron sort of set that up again afterwards. So I'm a big fan of Byron Saxton. But who is he? Who is Byron Saxton? That's a joke you haven't done in a while. Well, it hasn't. I need a list of three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this thing, this thing. And who really is Byron Saxton? So, mm. Yeah. Uh, you can't Look at you, look at you revealing comedy secrets. <laughs> uh, Randy, or, no, sorry, Ty Dillinger beat Baron Corbin next. It certainly did. In the ad break championship feud, mm-hmm. which... Uh, Mostly took part in an ad break, again. Yep. I just, I mean, th- there was so little wrestling on this show. Well, that's that's SmackDown through and through, though. And I know that everyone was saying the comments. It's in the bottom corner. Mm. It's ad break stuff in the bottom corner yeah. where it's just rest holds. The uh, so apparently there was twelve accumulative minutes of TV wrestling on SmackDown in total. Do you know, like WCW used to do that, and everyone was like, "This is why WCW is the worst." Mm. Guess how long the single women's tag match on Raw took? Oh, what, the, the, the Bailey one? I, I mean, three weeks? That's what it felt mm. like. 15 minutes. So that single match had more wrestling in than the entirety of SmackDown did. I just read that somewhere. Don't don't hold me to that. That could be completely wrong. I didn't fact check that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if that's if that's the case, this was a very wrestling light show, and that was one of my problems with it. Uh, so Ty Dillinger just beat Baron with a surprise roll up off a suplex, I believe, mm-hmm. or something up high, and yeah. And it, it's still not been announced that he's part of the three way, which it makes me nervous because we're recording our prediction show tomorrow, mm. and I bet you they're going to announce it on Friday, which yeah. will make that prediction null and void. Especially because YouTube, uh, WWE's YouTube channel, uploaded a video called "Does Dillinger Belong in the U.S. Title Match at WWE Hell in a Cell?" And if he is announced for the championship match on, I don't know, on their website or Facebook mm. or something like that, then. It's, it's just a moronic thing to do. Yeah. Just announce it on TV. 
Yeah, because that would have been that would have got tie over quite nicely. He beats uh, Baron Corbin. Brian comes out. You know what? This is the land of opportunity, yeah. and you have more than proved yourself in recent weeks. It's a three-way. Baron's angry. Oh, I can't believe. But at the moment, Baron's just lost a match, and he's fighting for the title at the weekend. And then AJ's promo is essentially like, you choke an awful lot. Mm. Like, if you weren't so bad, you would have beaten John Cena at SummerSlam, and you would have successfully cashed in your money in the bank. Which was a weird promo. Yeah. I like AJ, but uh, that wasn't... It just it didn't do anyone any favours, the content of that. That was uh, not a good go-home angle. No, that was not, no. Um, you see, when you when you recount that AJ line, that makes me think Baron's going to win. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it feels like that way. Yeah. yeah. So next up, we had Randy Orton beating Aiden English in about a minute. Uh, but this is by the by, because Rusev and Aiden English are awesome together. I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, greatest double act on SmackDown, eh? Um, well... Apart, well, on this show at the very least... Uh, because we, some people were very much missing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, is Randy versus Aiden English the most competitive feud of the year? Well, I mean, they've gone back and forth, haven't they? They've, so had, they've had a numerous amount of matches. I think Randy is now either 2-1 or 3-1 in victories, so it's not that competitive. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's long-spanning. It's long-spanning. <laughs> long long we're not going to forget Aiden English's DQ victory. <laughs> Sweetest of the victories. I love Aiden English. I like that we got to hear Rusev Day again. Uh, and just a reminder of how great that segment was last week. Love these two as a pairing. It's awesome. Rusev's face is just so he's so happy when he's talking about stuff. Aiden English is obviously a naturally funny guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got great ring presence as in charisma terms. So's Rusev. Put them together. It's kind of like you know when Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens went together. They're both very good individually. Of course, they're going to be good together. Yeah, and that's the same with English and Rusev. Imagine if English was free of the Vaude villains earlier this year when Rusev was with Jinder Mahal mm-hmm. and you put English with him instead. God, I forgot about that. Was that yeah. this year? I thought it was last that year. was this year. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was because then Rusev, that was broken up at Fastlane. Was it really? Because Rusev went out to get in. Uh, because oh, is that when they did the, the big show knockout punch thing? That's exactly it. Man, I thought that was last year. That feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's weird. WWE storytelling for I've, you. Um, I've written no notes about this match. I've just written Love Rusev. Mm. Well, what, what more do you need to know? Uh, there was a nice bit afterwards where Randy won and Rusev tried to get into the ring yeah. uh, to blindside him, but Randy spotted him, did the Viper thing, and it was I, a nice yeah. stand. I like that, yeah. So here it comes, the fashion police. Yeah, so it's just been moved to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, someone tweeted me this morning asking me if they think this is going to be the debut of the Authors of Pain up on the main roster. But I don't know. I, I just feel like that storyline has just been dropped. Yeah. If that storyline does come back on Sunday and it is the Authors of Pain and we do get the big debut, then yay, grand. But there's been no build for it now yeah, because the like they've, they've just killed it completely dead by not doing it for a, a month and a half. It's mm. certainly been a month. They haven't done it since SummerSlam. Yeah. And so it's been a long time since they've, they've done the tease, you know, go back to like the Fashion Peaks and Fashion X-Files. It just feels like so long ago. And so if it is, then they just do the reveal. It's going to feel very flat. Now, I know, and I alluded to it earlier with the Byron Saxton gag. You don't want to overexpose really good gimmicks. But they've gone too far the other way now, where we haven't had fashion files. I mean, the real problem with this is that they teased it. Well, they didn't even tease it. They flat out announced it last Tuesday. Fashion Files will make its return next week, which was, you know, last night on Tuesday. And... 
yeah, for season two, they'll be coming back. And it didn't, they, they just, they didn't even say, oh, it's been delayed. They just flat out ignored that and no, said. No, they did. Byron said it was meant to be on this week. Oh, did he? But it's been pushed back to Sunday. Yeah. Well, that, that lets them off the hook slightly. I didn't say that in my Smackdown in about four minutes review, though. I don't want to tell you that. <laughs> but it's but just. It felt like a bit late in the day. It's just WWE. I feel so. New Japan, they can do angles, and at the time you're like, "What the hell are you doing? I don't, I don't like this." But they've built up so much good faith with me, and I think the wrestling community in general, and other promotions who do, you know, every storyline isn't going to be a home run, and there'll be elements where they start off bad, but they actually come good. So you're like, "Okay, I'm just going to see how this plays out." But WWE have just gotten rid of all of that good faith with bad payoffs and stuff like this. So when people say, oh, you know, just think of the bigger picture, maybe it'll come out good. For example, Enzo Amore's storyline has come very good. It's like, well, what do you what do you expect us to do? Because WWE, the track record isn't there. So, yeah. yeah, this is it's not good. This, mm. this probably should have culminated at SummerSlam, really, which I believe was the original plan. Um, but it feels a bit cold now. I mean, and the thing is, I'm not even. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Fashion Files on Sunday, but I'm not. You know, I don't think they're going to pay it off for a second because they've been teasing this for months. It's like the Emmalina gag, which is just a way to troll the audience in the end. Mm-hmm. It's not fun for anyone. Not really, no. But what was fun was the main event where Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens had a face to face. Started off with Shane McMahon in the ring. Kevin Owens did not come to the ring, he was in the crowd and, you know, said some back and forth. And then Kevin Owens is like. I'm going to go. I've spent enough time in Denver. What a good city, by the way, for crowds. I thought they were very good. Very good, Denver. And uh, Owens walks out. Shane McMahon. Like, this this does frustrate me a little bit. I guess you need to have a dumbass baby face. But what a chump for going out there and trying to track down Owens. Of course he's going to take you out. I, know, but I think the blind he, he went up there expecting him to take him out, but he looked the wrong way. Well, do what... Because the flip side example of this even though I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns as a babyface, his Miz match segment, the pre-match, was superb. Loved that. Because you're like, oh, he's a babyface and he's not dumb. He's come out and after he ha- something happened the previous week that has fed back into his strategy and now he's taken it out this week when he took out the Miz to Raj. And you know what? It's three on two. It's three on one. So he's going to get a chair and he takes everyone out with a chair. Why doesn't Shane McMahon, in a blood feud, just grab a weapon from ringside and take it up with him? And then I'm, in, and then I'm like, oh, I'm behind you, Shane. You're smart. Whereas like, well, now I'm just like, maybe you're just a stupid blue-eyed baby face. That's what he is. Yeah. And then he got uh, jump attacked and had a bit of an arena brawl. Felt very attitude era, which I... That was fun. I did like that. I did like that. Mm. Uh, I think you said in the, your uh, SmackDown review, felt a bit... Um, uh, SmackDown, just bring it. Yeah, which yeah. was very good. Good shout. Put through the merch table. Yes, barely got him up for that oh, power geez, bomb, but yeah, uh, yeah. and some they, effort. In, they didn't show it in the replay because it was an awful power bomb. <laughs> yeah. he, he touched him down, didn't he? <laughs> Shane didn't get uh, his the, the upper half of his torso. Yeah, he all the did. Way up. The, his momentum was off. Yeah, uh, but I thought that was great. And then, like, I thought that were gonna they were gonna end the show there, but it just the longer it went, the better it mm. got because Owens then went down to the ring and cut a promo, which was great. Then you had Shane return. And the woman twerking at him. Congratulations, you're funny. Well, what, and- a, what a weird thing, because she was on her phone and she was filming. And then she put her phone away as Shane McMahon was hobbling back into the ring and just twerked at him. 
I just, was someone, did someone on her phone say you should twerk at him your own telly? Yeah. But then, like, wouldn't you twerk in the direction of the camera? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I don't know what went through her head, but I'm on the opposite side to this of you. I'm glad she did it because it did make me laugh. <laughs> I was ex- once I saw it because I don't go on Twitter before I, I finish watching the show because people send us spoilers. Mm. Uh, I was expecting nothing but gifts of it, and I've yet to see one. I've seen a few. Uh, but yeah, I'm a fan of yours, lady. Twerking lady. Uh, the Kevin Owens speech before Shane came back in, though, he said this great line, which I think sets up something. He said, at Hell in a Cell this Sunday, when we're on top of the cage, you're not going to jump off, you know, alluding to the Undertaker spot from the year before, you're going to be thrown off by me. I'm yes. going to throw you off. And usually, if a heel says that, because if a babyface says that, you've got to do it because you've made a promise and you're a good guy and you've got to follow through on the promise. But if you're a bad guy, usually, you know, traditional wrestling logic dictates that you will be the one to to have the opposite happen to you. So Shane throws Kevin off. I'm starting to think the same thing. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I think I said in a ramble a couple of weeks ago that I don't think they're going to go up to the top of the cell. Or, they, or they, if they did, they would do a lesser version mm. of what Shane had done at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. But, I mean, it sounds like they're going out. I did think it was incredibly stupid when Shane was like, I'm going to make this a, uh, a Falls Count Anywhere match. And you're like... Why? Mm. Why would you do that in a Hell in a Cell match where the idea is you're locked inside? Yeah. I mean, like, announcing a, a cage match is false count anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, they've done it because... Ladder match. Falls <laughs> count anywhere. anywhere. I think the idea is you're probably right. I think that Shane's going to throw Kevin off and then it's going to pin him mm. uh, by on the announcer's table or wherever he's fallen through. Yeah. I do like the, the, actual, the, like, the Mick Foley spot. Mm. I do, yeah, I don't know... But of course, they don't want. I guess that's a way for Owens to lose if he's thrown off the top. And Owens can take a bump as mm-hmm. well. He he's always one of the guys who bumps around in those Money in the Bank ladder matches. He took a few hellacious ones. I do not like it when he does the like the powerbomb spot on the ladder that split oh, out like that. I do not I like don't it. Think he likes it. No, either. I mean as as someone who does suffer from very bad back issues, oh, it makes me wince mm. so much. Anyway, uh, Owens and Shane have a bit of a scuffle to close the show. Owens lays him out completely with a pop-up headbutt first, recalling mm-hmm. the Vince McMahon spot, and then a pop-up powerbomb. Yeah. Here's, so, my, here's my question. Where was Sammy? Yeah, Sammy, to save Shane. That's Sammy backstage said to Shane, I wouldn't go out there. He is unhinged. He is mm. a dangerous man. I know how dangerous he can be, so you should not go out there. And then Shane went, Shane did, and got his, his ass handed to him. Where was Sammy? Where was Sammy to run down and try and stop Kevin from doing these things? It wouldn't have hurt, like, if Sammy mm. gone down and Kevin to just throw him to the side or, like, or... I, I suppose you don't want to get Sammy too involved in the feud. Yeah, because this is the hot... Uh, you want it to be between Owens and Shane. Unless Sammy's going to play into Sunday. Which you I don't felt really he want was. him cluttering in. Then that was you fantasy booking That was a heel fantasy turn. booking. That was, that was their booking last week. They got him involved in that feud. Mm. I th- and involved him again this week. This week was problematic, yeah. Like, what you could just write... Uh, I mean, if Sammy wasn't going to do anything this week, just have him at home recovering from injury. Yeah, totally. Makes Owens look better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, well. and, and it sells the pop-up power. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jacked, man. Raw opened not with Michael Cole, like he usually does, for the first time, not in not in two decades, uh, because he was SmackDown, he was raw. But for the first time in two decades, well, second time in two decades, I'm going to get the stat right eventually. Michael Cole missed a week of WWE television. For all the stick we give Michael Cole, and for all the stick we've given him over the years, he's very much a company man. He is mm-hmm. dedicated to his craft, and he's taking two days off. I've been with this place for like three months and I've had a couple of days off. Yeah. But if you said to me who is the most, uh, you know, who won't go away on <laughs> WWE television? It's Michael Cole. I'd probably say Michael Cole. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I'm statistically true when I say that. <laughs> Uh, Tom Phillips replaced him on commentary, which Booker T... I don't know if that quelled Booker... I didn't feel like Booker T made any I, stupid comments I've only week. got one Booker comment this week. What was it? And it was... It actually, it was one that made me laugh more than anything. It wasn't like a dumb Booker T moment. It was tell. It was during the Braun-Seth match. It was after Braun had won. Booker T just yelled, and this is a direct quote, He don't want no bread. He don't want no salad. He just wants meat. <laughs> That's great. Good one, Booker. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hit gold eventually, aren't you? <laughs> uh, the, the apparently there was a, a moment where Corey made um, Booker T break later on in the show, where Corey said he hopes Enzo finds Cher's ski instructor. Mm-hmm. The joke being that uh, Sonny Bono or whatever his name was, Sonny Cher's Bono. husband, yeah. uh, died while skiing into a, a tree. And Booker T flat out would not stop laughing for thirty seconds. <laughs> So that's how you get. That's how you uh, make jokes in WWE mm-hmm. on on death. Uh, Braun Strowman beat Seth Rollins in the opening match. Yeah, really enjoyed this. Really good match. Really good. Th- much better than the Dean. Much better than the Dean one. Yeah, and agreed. I enjoyed that too. Yeah, really, really great. Braun's awesome. Seth's awesome. They had a great opening match. Loved this. Seth did not stop moving. He was like, and that's how you should attack a big guy. 
you, you know, from a strategy perspective, you're just bouncing, bouncing, using your speed to outwit them and outquicken them. Yeah. Although Braun's really quick himself. Uh, and he was just always jumping off the top rope, straight into the next move. Hit him again with something flying. And it's I all thought, that cardio, mate. It's all that CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit is working for him. Not so much for me. It hurt my finger. You <laughs> oh, see that? Oh, mate, you have yeah. as well, yeah. But it's just from a barbell through through lifting it up really quick and jumping into a squat. I, was gonna say, I don't know what a barbell is. It's, it's the big, long one. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as I was watching this match and Seth Rollins is darting around really zippily, I... I just got into Seth so much from a, damn, you're a badass. And I thought, this is how you should have come back last year. Yeah, absolutely. As straight up baby face, I apologize for aligning myself with the authority. Screw you, Stephanie McMahon. Screw you, Triple H. And then super wrestles like a baby face like that. And and he gets the blonde streak in his hair again. Yeah. How could you not get behind him as like a top main eventer? But, but, but yeah. that was, that ship sailed. Problem was though that Roman had to get over as a baby face, mm. and that that was the uh, the main goal of last year and the year before. Yeah, and the year before and next and, year. And, and next year and and this year. Dean Ambrose came out to help Seth Rollins, and but he, and he failed. Yeah, he failed. <laughs> so Braun Strowman beat up both guys. I saw some people. I think it was Meltzer actually who said, "Well, this just makes your two uh, main event Shield guys look like a chump." But I thought I didn't really feel that. I felt like Braun looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. Uh, it, it's always that thing of, like, when you bury your, da- your, your dag, your tag team champions. <laughs> when you bury your dad. When you bury your dag. Sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> when you bury your tag team champions like that, there are always going to be those people, Meltzer in particular, who will be like, well, this is bad because it makes the champions look weak. Mm. It's the same thing he'll always argue, like, why isn't the Intercontinental Champion in the uh, Chamber match? Or why isn't the Intercontinental Champion in a ladder match? Or something along those lines. Because he's meant to be your next guy. Mm. Uh, but, like, that's not the way the IC belt is now. Who is the IC Champion? Oh, it's Miz. Serious? Yeah, no, it's the Miz. Genuinely had to think about that for a second. Um, Earlier, Luke asked me, where are my headphones? <laughs> and he had his headphones up here. On his head. Oh, I was, are you serious? I was proper looking around and I was like, I do not know where I put yeah. my headphones. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, you're always going to get those sort of comments. I didn't feel like it really buried the tag champs though because it's Braun Strowman. Like, yeah. The idea behind Braun Strowman is he's meant to be this unstoppable monster. So like, if it was the big show, then yeah, I'd, mm. certainly, I'd certainly understand it. But it worked for Braun. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, the bar ran down yeah. and laid out, like picked up the scraps and threw them down again also love their t-shirt yeah and it and it uh, this angle plays into what would happen later on the bar so good right now they're Aren't just they kind just? of better every week uh ripping up beach balls and smashing teeth into their face yeah next I've up, got a, uh, oh. sorry uh, i got a, a message from my cousin i mentioned uh, her last week saying that she was obsessed with the idea of splitting up the bar so that cesaro can have uh, his singles run mm-hmm. she messaged me to say like i'm not obsessed with the idea of, of splitting them up I just think it would be good. I just can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) I've written 1,400,000 words on the subject, (laughs) but I'm not obsessed. Um, But she's coming around to them as a tag team now. It's about time, because they're great. Uh, Should I argue with her at the wedding? You can do if you want. Fantastic. She'd probably love that. Mickey James beat Nia Jax in... Well, this wasn't the next match, but it was... You had a segment uh, that was next that led to this eventual match. You certainly did. A segment in which I have written here, Alicia Fox is a terrible actor. Yeah. He's yeah, that's very a bad. good observation. <laughs> not a groundbreaking one, but <laughs> certainly one that not. I didn't pick up on. Uh, yeah, she just kind of 
looked like she was trying to be Nakamura for, for moments. And she's just she? she's just not a good actor. Not a convincing one, at the very least, anyway. Mickey James is walking around backstage, and she's like, uh, no, Fox does some weird stuff. Uh, you're going to have to bleep that. And because of Fox. Yeah, I know. And Emma goes, oh, Mickey's, you've got, no, you've got an admirer. She's yeah, even at your age, you can mm. still get a secret admirer. Mickey's old, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that enough. Have you? Someone's compiled a list of everyone older than Mickey James <laughs> on the roster. That's like John Cena, yeah. uh, Bobby Roode. I didn't know Bobby Roode was forty. Oh yeah, uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, every like Sheamus is yeah. like forty or forty-one something. You're like, oh, Mickey's only 38. <laughs> she is. I mean, she's not much older than me. For the women's division, though, I suppose that is quite far above everyone else. Yeah. So swings and roundabouts. What are you going to do? Uh, Mickey then goes into her, her dressing room. What a big arena this was, by the way. Lots. Of, everyone had their own dressing room. There was lots of locker room Although space. that was her uh, locker room had... Um, like what looked like a taped off area it looked like seats that had smackdown taping <laughs> well, nailed, I, nailed it. I like this because it makes it feel like there's an actual i hate to word use the word universe because wwe have bastardized that term but it feels like there's an actual universe behind completely the Titan agree Trump. completely agree yeah. as, as a as a five dollar backer to uh, to another podcast um uh, they are going through each episode of smackdown from the very beginning that's their, that's their patreon exclusive stuff and they mention in there a lot of the early SmackDown stuff. It's always going backstage in the arena, walking through. A lot of times they just do tracking shots mm. of like people walking from the uh, parking lot into the arena, and it just makes it feel like it's a living world. And that's kind of what I feel that WWE has been missing for some time now is this kind of living environment backstage. Yeah, where people can cross pollinate feuds, chat in locker rooms. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why they do it more because it's such an easy way to make everyone more invested in everything. But they just they just have that one area where they stand and watch TVs at yeah. an awkward angle. It's just like why would you hinder storytelling? It makes it so much easier to to tell stories over longer periods of time, more complex, subtle, entwining stories. Why would you not easily flick the switch on the one of the things that could help you do that? Speaking of um, complex storylines that should uh, work really well, Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss are friends again. What is that mm. all about? Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe Jax had a, a change of heart after my video at the weekend. Which oh, Jax. Not, I, thought, I thought you said Jack has had a change of heart. No. I was about to say, who's Jack? You're looking Jax, baby. <laughs> Can you do... Uh, uh, no, it's, uh, the moment's fast now. Oh, sorry, I don't want to be comrade. <laughs> to, do the impression, gonna... <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> We're coming for you, Bridget. <laughs> It's a really good podcast, though. It is a really good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So Mickey James gets these these gifts, which are all like a Zimmer frame and old person stuff. I hope the Zimmer frame is eventually used as a weapon on, and, on a pole. Yeah, on a pole. And yeah, Mickey James then goes to confront Alexa, and Nia's just there. They're, they're best buds again. Absolutely nothing said on commentary. A few people have tried to argue that, like, oh, they say they're frenemies now. It's like that's what they were beforehand. Mm. It's like, oh, it's like an uneasy alliance because Nia's using it as a way to get to the championship. It's like, yeah, that was the storyline previously, and then she turned on Alexa so she could get her championship opportunity, which was then turned into a four-way, which in theory should make Nia even more mad. But no, now she's just busy mates with Alexa again. No, that is infuriating storytelling. Because yeah. that, what they're essentially doing there is just like, ah, ignore what we did previously because we can't think of a way to resolve that. So just, if you just ignore what happened there, this would be like if after the, friends, uh, the Festival of Friendship, a month later, mm. they were just friends again. 
Yeah, because uh, there was that big closing angle of Raw where Jax Samoan dropped Bliss. Yeah, which did the the, the tree fall thing. The yeah. Tree, oh, yeah. sorry, it was a tree fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just me. I see a Samoan and I think it's a drop. <laughs> oh, you're dark racist. Uh, the, it's, it's, it's almost worse than that, though. It's WWE saying everything we tell you, all the storylines and characters you get invested in, doesn't matter. That's what I mean. Like, just yeah. if you could just forget that bit, it's like the Men in Black thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could just forget that turn for a little bit, and then uh, we'll, we can probably do it again in a couple of months. So, Mickey Jacks and Mickey Jacks, Mickey Jacks and Nia James <laughs> then had a, a long match. Didn't they just? Uh, which Bliss thankfully stopped uh, <laughs> just as Mickey was about to win. It seemed they, they were putting Mickey. They put over Mickey well. Like in the storytelling of this match, although it did go way too long, yeah. And it was Alexa who caused the DQ win. Mm-hmm. Um, Jax wasn't pinned; she was protected. There was enough doubt in there when Mickey James looked strong. I thought I'm, I'm a, I think they're doing this very well. This angle, I know yeah. the Jax and Bliss stuff is stupid, but the James and Bliss stuff is is actually very good. I didn't think I'd be this invested mm-hmm. in Mickey James and the way that she's been treated since coming back to the main roster. I didn't think I could get back into a, a Mickey James feud, yeah. but I really am. Yeah, hopefully this. this is a they continue with this and they don't just forget about a cruiserweight style after she's failed to challenge for the championship. Mm-hmm. Elias beat Titus O'Neil next. Yep. Galanderson beat Matt. Uh, no, Gal- yeah, Galanderson beat Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan, or as I've now dubbed them, Jordardi. Jordardi, you're very happy with this. I was happy with you this. You messaged me. <laughs> Don't worry, if you're trying to come up with a portmanteau, Ollie, this is what the text I got in the morning. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got it. Jordandy. Jordardi. Jordardi. Yeah, like you've got Galanderson, Shamaro, Jordardi. If they're going to be a regular tag team, we've got to come up with something for them, like Death. Mason. Matt. Uh, See, oh yeah, but my my Jordy. one was rubbish. Yeah, come on, come on, wait Jordy. for it. Wait for Jordy it. Jordy no. the Forge. No. <laughs> yeah, we've been watching a lot of next gen. <laughs> come at us. Uh, this was, you know, quite baffling that Galanderson won. Well, um, yeah, I mean the Misrage can't beat them, but it's fine for Galanderson to mm. beat them. Good, good win for the Good Brothers. I like Galanderson. I love, I love uh, Anderson and they're just they're rudderless. Yeah, they're rudderless, and I feel like they've been rudderless for basically 2017. Mm. I don't know, like, have they had a feud this year? I couldn't, I couldn't say. Did they have one with the Hardys? They, were they in the four-way match at WrestleMania? They were, but that wasn't even. They weren't even really. Were they feuding? I think they might have been. They might have been champions. Yeah, dear, dear. I do remember seeing the red on their shoulders at one point. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty much throwaway. It didn't really mean anything. And you could like you could make it a number one contenders or at least something I don't know, but halfway through the show at around uh, what it would have been half nine in the states, uh, you had the main event. You got the actual main event, which was Roman Reigns versus The Miz. We've already alluded to it. It was a really great segment. Oh, um, but this, from top to yeah, finish. but he was just carried by Miz because Roman's an awful in ring wrestler and he has no charisma. So this this was so good that the crowd got behind Reigns. Of course they did because they booked him like a badass. Yeah. This is the just do what you did when he was in the Shield. Book him like an unstoppable badass, and he gets over. Yeah. If they'd have done this from the start, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. The Mister Raj entered through the crowd, mocking the Shield. Loved and that. 
then uh, Roman Reigns comes out and just takes out uh, Axel. It's, it's like during the Dallas. ring introduction of just like from Hollywood, California, and like Roman just sees him on the outside, like, are they going to interfere? Mm. Jumps out and just takes them out. It was so awesome. And beats them to shreds, gets the steel chair, and the best bit was cutting back to Miz, where Miz is just mortified looking at his meal tickets being, well, not meal tickets, but his insurance uh, getting taken out by Reigns. That was that was really good storytelling. So good it made Roman look great. Everyone who hates on Reigns for this or that kind of booking, you're like, if that was Stone Cold in that spot, if that was CM Punk in that spot, yeah, this would be an awesome segment. It really would. But it's but it is it is problematic though because Reigns, you know, he isn't. I think he's past the point of no return now. So Almost, yeah. They it's... can do these segments and it's not helping him. I still feel uh, against him as a character. What this is, is like we constantly um, badmouth the booking of Bray Wyatt, where they've essentially killed his character dead. We'll come on to his promo a little bit later on. But like we've not really been interested in Bray more for most of the year. Mm. Outside of the, the, the Viper and the Family stuff, which I think was more last year than it was this year. Yes. Not been really interested in Bray. So that's fine. They've badly booked Bray and they've booked him to the point of oblivion where no one really cares about him now. But they've done the same thing with Roman Reigns, only he's still pushed as the top guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very problematic. Uh, so what this has done, Reigns and um, Miz had a pretty damn good match as well. Some afterwards. great near falls. Yeah, in this. ah, wasn't there just great near falls? The, the skull crushing finale. I thought Miz is gonna win clean. Yeah, what? I love. I thought this match was awesome. It's my match of the week. It was a good match, apart from the finish. And uh, well, I thought the finish was fine. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of DQ finishes. I think it's a lazy way of getting out of it. Oh, I think it's a, a tried and tested method of heat extending feuds. No, no, no. It it it, it can work. Hmm. It can work. I wasn't a fan of it here. I I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest fan of DQ finishes. Well, I thought this was perfectly fine, especially because it sort of gives you a huge sigh of relief. Oh, it's not going to be Dallas and Axel. It's going to be <laughs> Cesaro and Sheamus and the Miz versus the Shield. Question though, tell me what you think about that. <laughs> Why did the Bar attack Roman? So this is the problem. That <laughs> yeah. uh, they of course interfere. They stop Roman Reigns from hitting the spear just as he was about to win. That would of course give him the Intercontinental Championship. But DQ finish title doesn't change hands. So then uh, Miz, Sheamus, and Cesaro all beat down Reigns for a long period of time. They do the thing where they walk out and walk back in again. Triple power bomb. Take that shield. Fist bump in them. Did they fist bump in the they middle? Did they did fist bump in and, the middle. And um, Cesaro, unlike Bo Dallas, used the right arm. Yes. <laughs> He knows what he's doing. But then, like you say, it is, on one hand, you're, well, at least this is a credible threat to what is pretty much guaranteed a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. But on the other, why are they working together? Absolutely no reason whatsoever. Like, Roman did a promo backstage with Charlie Caruso where she said, what do you think about the bar beating down uh, your former S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers? And he didn't really say, like, oh, they're a bunch of dicks. I really Mm. wish I could beat them up. He basically just said, like, Seth and Dean are big boys. They can sort themselves mm. out. Um, doesn't really bother me that much. I've got my match with uh, The Miz. Um, but then the bar just attacked him for no reason. It, it's, it's, it's convenient storytelling. It's storytelling for the sake of convenience. Ah, we need another tag team in there. The tag team were already feuding with uh, Cena, uh, Death and Seth. Death, no. Dean and Seth, there I'll get there go. eventually. Uh, so we'll just have him attack Roman. Mm. If you're the bar... Why would you attack Roman Reigns 
and then because like surely you'd be like man if we do this the shield might get back together and then they're really good together and we'll probably get beaten up a lot yeah. so I tell you what let's not get involved in Roman's business let's just focus on beating up those guys because Roman doesn't care yeah yeah it's it's completely ludicrous yeah. well not ludicrous it's just it's something that's so easy to retcon or explain but they they didn't no <laughs> they just shut them together and we're supposed to to accept it which yeah. we have because it is kind of awesome that shield are reuniting yeah but it is a real shame and i said this last week it's it's better than if it was the Miztourage, but the shield coming back together just like evolution coming back together several years ago to put over the shield which they then broke up the shield shortly after <laughs> uh so that's prob- probably a bad example but i i feel like the reason you reunite the shield is to get over a new act to sort of become the new shield whether that's the club or a rejuvenated wyatt family or calling up someone from the from NXT, which would, I guess, be a sanity. Those are the only ones I can think of. Or a Carl Fish, uh, uh, undisputed. Yeah, undisputed. Yeah. Like if they came in and they were feuding with the Shield. Well, so when we when we did our fantasy booking mm. warfare for the Shield reuniting, we didn't just throw three random people together. I don't no. remember if you did. No, I it, was, it my... was tied into a huge trios chat. Oh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> that's what yours was. Yeah, um, but yeah, mine was uh, mm. bringing up uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Yeah, because that's like you bring up this new credible threat, and then they're forced to come together. This is just like we're, we're just coming together. Yeah, for for no real reason. To for a buy rate at Survivor Series and to get Roman over. <laughs> that's the reason they're coming together. Yeah, pretty much. And, but like, it would be better if there was something else genuine on alongside that but because there isn't it's really transparent that the more cynical reasons for their reunion are, are so are so obvious yeah so yes and also it, it raises the point again with which we talked about last week this was a two-hour show uh booked mm. over three hours because that was the end of this show and then we had a literal copy and paste of last week you had finn balor doing something with bray wyatt Sasha and Bailey in a tag match and Enzo cutting some promos on the cruiserweights. They yeah. literally just copied what was in last week and put it into this week. However, they couldn't use Nia's. They're like, who else? Uh, Emma. That'll do. We'll just pop her into that spot instead. Yeah, they definitely kept the, the headlines for the segments and then changed it a little bit in the description <laughs> when they copy and pasted. So yeah. next up, we have Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt, which, you know, for even though it was a copy and paste third hour, I actually really enjoyed two of the segments on it. So I can't be too down on that. Although I, it, it was a, an ass backwards structure for a show. Yes. So Finn Balor came out and he was like, yep, I'm not done with Bray. Uh, <laughs> anyone who thought that there was Bray giving me respect uh, singing his song to me last week. Anyone who thought our match at No Mercy was the culmination of the feud, you're wrong. It turns out we can get another month out of this. Yeah, but... I am at least intrigued because Bray Wyatt was shown in the first hour. Yes, that's right. I have difficulty saying WN words. Shown. I did wonder. Shown. I um, can't say anything. When I recorded a video yesterday, I did say radio. What was that for? That was for radio. 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 Gaga. <laughs> and, Let's go back and re-record it. And uh, yeah, so Bray, Bray Wyatt had a, a little backstage promo earlier just in this room where it farted a lot and there was gas everywhere. And he just was rocking back and forth saying, she never lied to me. She never lied to me. And I thought that's, you know, I like the idea of Broken Bray. At least you're taking this in a kind of different direction where Wyatt's on his, on his last threads. And then Finn Balor calls out Bray. Bray does his usual Titantron thing. And I'm like, here we go again. Copy and paste, as you said. But then he 
cut a really interesting promo that actually had substance rather than colourful words. And the substance was Sister Abigail. And in a perfectly executed crossfade. I mean, I assume this was a pre-taped segment and not done live. It had to be. Had to be. Uh, Bray leans forward and then I just don't know where the cut was. It was so well done. He was no longer Bray Wyatt. He was this pale, dark-eyed mostly in shadow thing with hair over it I, I keep calling it the girl from the ring is that has she got an actual name yeah Sadako Sadako and it was just it was really really interesting and at first I thought that's not Bray Wyatt and I, and then uh, what was it Sage Garrett Sage, Sage, Sage Beckett Ga- Sage, Sage Beckett. Beckett what am I talking about <laughs> You're thinking, you're thinking of Santana Garrett, yeah. who's also in NXT. There we go. I'm getting all my double T's mixed up. And she she like tweeted that she might she teased that she could be Sister Abigail. And then I was comparing her face with the, the face of this thing. And I thought, oh, that's her. Because Bray's eyes, are, the Sister Abigail's eyes are too close together to be Bray's. And then I wrote up a whole script about how I've, I've busted it. I've busted open the case. It is her. And then I looked and I saw the tattoo on the Sister Abigail's arm. I was like, oh, no, that is Bray Wyatt. (laughs) It's because he's got makeup on his eyes and it's tricked my mind. Mm. So that was Bray Wyatt in the the segment. And it looks like it will stay Bray Wyatt. Yeah, so I was kind of really into this idea Mm. when they were going to bring someone up from NXT or bring in a new character because I'll be honest, like someone tweeted me yesterday saying, like, is it a good thing that that Bray's going to get a second? Does he need, like, a valet? And I was like, well, not really, but he's so stale, this could rejuvenate his character a little yeah. bit, give him a new a new dimension. That's great. And they've been talking about Sister Abigail now for ever since he debuted in NXT. So, like, it's grand. We're now finally paying off that storyline. No one's cared about it for some time, but brilliant. We're now starting to pay it off. Get, bringing someone up, creating a new star. Awesome. Adds a new female to the women's division. Mm. Awesome idea. And then it's come out that apparently it's just going to be brain drag. Well, it's going to be Bray in a new, like how Finn Balor's the demon. I don't think it's going to be Norman Bates cool. style. Well, he's playing Sister Abigail. Yeah, but you can, Sister Abigail can just be like a demon. It doesn't have to be a a, 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 a demon a, dressed as a lady. It's not a demon, it's got to be a ghost, surely. Yeah, well, I hope whatever he comes it out like a, sh- like a Charlie Brown. Like a sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Much <laughs> the budget. Oh, in the last look. Yeah, we're really cutting back. No pyro. <laughs> <laughs> no outfit department. Yeah, it's 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 not how I would have done it. Uh, <laughs> no, I if that is the way they do go, you know, maybe they change. Hopefully, they change. I think the way to rejuvenate Wyatt is to repackage him with the family coming back together. Just take him off TV for a month. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan come back with him. Maybe someone new. And I would have preferred. I I don't. I'm not totally against it. But if I was doing it. I would never have had Sister Abigail as a thing. You know, she's just always this unanswered, weird I, That's thing. what I always thought it was going to be. Because Especially when Randy Orton burned down the house. With, and his, with the crucifixes. Yeah, and Bray rubbed her ashes over him. Yeah, but then he got magical powers from that because oh, that's how he was God. able to use the um, the projector. Well, that... Yeah, so I would have... I, I love the idea of a, a female member of the Wyatt family, but don't make her Sister Abigail. Yeah. Make her, like, Crazy Sally. <laughs> How's that for a crap gimmick? So that you just touched on another point about this. And as cool and as intriguing as it was, it's Bray isn't a supernatural character. No. Well, he is, well, now, he is now because yeah. you've you know, forced him into that, that square hole. Because it's like, oh, we haven't got The Undertaker anymore. Let's just make Bray Wyatt The Undertaker. Vince must love supernatural. He does. He loves the fantastic. 
Uh, yeah, because he's he's a psychotic cult leader. That's his character. That's what he's, he's most intriguing anymore, to though. watch. That's why he doesn't wear the hat anymore. What so, does he yeah. wear the hat? Does he still wear a hat? Um, not 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 straw hat. No, maybe doesn't, like a dark doesn't, trilby. Doesn't have, doesn't have the, like the Hawaiian shirts anymore. No. I miss those Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, but he does look cool. Like his ring outfits are all have always looked cool, but it doesn't have to be a supernatural thing. No. Uh, next up, we had the tag match of Sasha Banks and Bailey beating Emma oh and Alicia God, Fox. This went on and on and yep. on and on. This was deathly boring. It was longer than all the accumulative wrestling on SmackDown this week. That is a 100% fact, I believe. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, so Emma walked out because there was an accidental collision with Alicia Fox and the baby faces pinned the, the lone heel to win. Yep. Cool. Yep, brilliant. And Banks and Bailey are bestest friends. Which is they're also doing on. But they're also doing that on SmackDown with Charlotte and Becky because they've got the tea thing. It's um, it's fodder, isn't it? Yeah. But then, as Enzo Amore in the main event also went very long, (laughs) Uh, and there were there was a bit in there where I was like, ah, you've. The, all the words you're saying are good and fun, but now I'm I'm out of it. This is every Enzo mm. promo, though. Like Enzo promos are really great at the start, but they peter out because he's a nice lad, peter out. But because they just let him go on for too long. Mm. We were just watching this week's two hundred five live, and he came out like hot as a rock. Just came out all like he was just full of piss and vinegar. He had this great promo. But then it just went on and it went on and it went on. And after a while, I stopped listening. I was mm. checking Twitter. Yeah. I'd moved on to something else. You'd left halfway before that. Like, mm. you'd, you'd gone to do something else. Which is, but you were so excited to watch 205 Live initially. And we were so into the start of a promo. And the same thing happened here. Happens every time he cuts a promo. It just goes on for that little bit too long. It's crazy because all the material in the promo is of the same very high standard. But it's, there's only so long you can listen to one man talk for. Even like even The Rock, even John Cena, the top of their promo game, there's a, you know it's about five seven minutes. Mm-hmm. When you're going a full ten, those last three minutes are a bit like, eh, even though it's still good, I'm, I'm I just want to see something else now. Mm-hmm. There's only so many ways you can insult Kalisto. However, one of them, the 205 Live, do watch the start of Enzo's promo at least. There's this great line which we were in fits about, where he says, "I wouldn't uh, like what was it I." I wouldn't donate your outfit. Your outfit to the Salvation Army. Yeah, because I, I feel embarrassed. Well, you know, I'm a nice guy, so I would. But I'd still feel embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good delivery. Like, he's a genuine comic talent. It's very good. And when, like, the cruiserweights came out and yes. they circled the ring and he was basically just going around and throwing insults at all of them. It was I, a roast. I did laugh. It was very funny. And conversely, I don't think it buried the division because the division still, like, they all win the mm. matches still. Like, they're proving Enzo wrong, essentially, which is what happens. If you put someone down, as long as you prove them wrong, then that's fine. No one's buried. Um, and then Kurt Angle comes out and uh, says, like, I've signed someone new to the 205 Live roster. Instantly, I was like, it's, I'm guessing it's Kalisto. But at the back of my mind, because there was a big pause waiting for it, because it meant to be this big reveal, I was like, what if it's someone new? Braun Strowman. No, I was actually. Like, I was waiting for like Pete Dunne. Yeah, that would have been cool. like the bruiser like, like the bruiser weight came out, and then I like the the United Kingdom champion mm. came out. And Tyler Bate, yeah. Tyler Bate, someone like that. I was waiting for that, and then it was just like they're like, and I was like, oh no, no, it's uh, mm. it's Kalisto again, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't the best payoff. <laughs> and bear in mind as well, if this was in like 
hour one mm. of Raw, it'd have been fine. Yeah. This is hour three. Everyone's tired. Everyone's ready to go home because we've already seen the main event and we've just had a 20 long minute match that no one cared about. Mm. Kalisto's not going to get a big reaction, is he? Because no one cares. And there's also the expectation payoff thing. A big reveal in the first hour doesn't really like that would have been fine but a big reveal in the third hour should be a lot bigger because it's the end of the show i guess they did get around that with the post credits um let's talk about how bad kurt angle is as a general manager (laughs) okay because enzo said you know you because really all the cruiserweights should be allowed to come down and just beat their crap out of enzo because he's a douchebag, he's got the title, they've all already sacrificed their title shots, there's nothing to stop them from beating on him. But Enzo comes down and says, this piece of paper that Kurt Angle signed means none of you can lay your hands on me, if you do, you'll be fired. And I'm thinking, why's Kurt Angle done that? I'm guessing for the same reason he signed the last one, which was that Enzo was being annoying, I mean we didn't get the backstage segment this time. Yeah, well, it's how this, and this ties into how many decisions does Kurt Angle make as a manage, a general manager, where he's on the phone to something like someone, presumably something that's more important than his actual job, and someone with a genuine grievance or a genuine request in his job comes and says, "Oh, Kurt, can you do this for me? Can I have this match? Can I have a celebration?" And Kurt goes, "Oh God, stop bugging me! I'm on the phone." Yeah, all right then probably trying to cover up all the other illegitimate children he's got round America it's it's Kurt Angle's a bad general manager in kayfabe terms and he's not you know he gets a nice pop from the music yeah pretty much which is a real shame because it's Kurt freaking Angle and he probably has a broken freaking neck the post credits however yeah this was cool this was overly staged very gimmicky but I, I popped for it, and yeah. the crowd popped for it as well. And you knew it was coming. Of course you knew it was coming. Like as Roman, soon as it came. Like yeah. Roman's there, and he's looking all beat up and sad. In the locker room. In the locker room. And he stands up, and then Dean walks into shots, and the crowd are going, oh, chanting shield. And then Seth walks in from the other side, in the most gimmicky manner possible, hokey manner possible. Mm. And as they're like, yeah, I'm in. Cool. Yeah, they didn't say anything. It was just a silent nod. And a walk away. Yeah, that was so, that was, was made it probably a little bit worse. Was like that, hmm. and I would just walk off because they walked yeah. off in different directions. You're the tag champs. You're meant to be friends. Walk off together. What are you gonna do? Just like go back to catering from different angles. Anyway, what so, did you think was the better show this week? I thought Raw was the better show. Yes, yeah, so did I. Okay, so <laughs> we're off to a banging so, start on uh, this. It's gonna be a draw regardless. Yeah, no, I, I just thought that Raw was a. Uh, I, I've got my issues with the the two hour format spread over three hours. I had real issues with that the the copy and paste aspect of the third hour. Mm. Although I liked the Bray Wyatt stuff. Apparently, I don't particularly like where it's going to lead to. However. Kind of like the Shield stuff, but it had my match of the week with Roman Reigns versus The Miz, which I thought was a really, really great match. Um, I thought that Galanderson and Jordardi had some fun uh, in-ring action, even though like it was a nothing match and it really didn't go anywhere. But I enjoyed the ring, uh, the in-ring action. Really enjoyed Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins. I just thought that there was a lot of and Mickey James and Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. That's it, once you said this last week. If this was a two-hour show, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. But you got that kind of how, that, that hangover of the the third hour. As a two-hour show, though, it was very good. SmackDown only really liked uh, the uh, the main events, the the face-to-face between Owens and Mc, uh, Shane, and I enjoyed Rusev and Aiden English. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go through my and notes. The, and the, the New Day Usos. Oh, yeah, and the Usos thing, which was awesome. 
But yeah, I, you've said everything that I was going to say. Uh, that's exactly the same reason. Plus, the only thing I'll add is my expectations for SmackDown were higher because it's a go-home show. Mm. I know they shouldn't be because WWE don't put on good go-home shows uh, but that might make people want to buy the network, and that's not. Don't the, want that. I was going to say that's not the aim. I was going to mention just have that, heels saying it's nine ninety nine, like Tony, uh, not Tony Nese, Drew Gulak. I was going to mention this when we were talking about the Enzo segment. Mm. Why they were showing all the stuff from Raw, like in the the cruiserweights beating him down, showed nothing from two hundred five live, mate. I mean, you've got to try and bring the casuals in to make them buy the network mm. to watch two hundred five live. Show them highlights from two hundred five live. You own the footage. Strong start to this uh, this whole new Raw versus SmackDown, uh, me versus you thing. Both went with the same show. Yeah, well, I hope everyone agrees with us because that shows we're wide off the mark. I think uh, that overall, it was everyone voted core for Raw this week. Wow, fifty-seven percent. So you know that's four out of five. I gave it Average. The next one was Average, so three out of five. SmackDown, I I gave it Ellsworthy. I Two out of five. Yeah, I haven't got high hopes. That everyone's gonna vote it higher. I think a lot of people. It's that argument of it's the last thing that you remember is the thing you take away. It was the last thing on the show is the last thing you take away. Mm. And now people will will probably fondly remember the 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 Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon thing, and then will ignore all of the the kind of sort of nothingness that came before it. Yeah, if if they rate it favorably. But that's been SmackDown for the last four weeks almost. Kevin Owens is so so good, and it's not even really Shane. Shane is not that good at all. But Kevin Owens is so good, and he's carrying this storyline with his work rate and his performance and his facials. That, uh, that yeah, SmackDown does feel a lot better than the, the actual experience of watching it. Mm-hmm. So let's do some iTunes reviews before we get out of here. By Hulagard Books, an English accent makes everything better. Well, that is true. Challenge. I bet I can not. I can make things a lot worse. Uh, British things I love. Doctor Who, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, Neville, and the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I, a, I know what at least two of the, oh no, three of those things are. Uh, is I don't, Yeah, so Ned's Atomic Dustbin, we don't know. No. I don't know what that is either. After enjoying so many painful wrestling podcasts in search of one I enjoyed, I was delighted to find Dolly and Luke had expanded the Wrestle Talk empire beyond YouTube. If you're tired of annoying hosts who spend more time putting themselves over than discussing wrestling, or who constantly talk over each other, then this is the podcast for you. Unless it's Luke, because sometimes he talks over Ollie a lot. Sorry. That isn't in Hulligard Books' review, that's mine. Personal feedback. That was a little addendum. Gang. Little addendum for you. Ollie and Luke are funny, insightful, and absolutely entertaining. Listening to them ramble is just like having a conversation with your closest mates. Hulagard books. Here's Hulagard. Lovely books. stuff. So uh, a bit there that they say. Where was it? Uh, that the uh, yeah who spend more time who don't spend more time putting themselves over than actually discussing wrestling. If anything. I would say we spend a lot of time putting ourselves under. Well, we are the low bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're trying to get ourselves under. <laughs> You're a big Doctor Who fan, aren't you? I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm from 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 a very young age. Yes. Yeah. I just wondered if yeah. you because uh, this this fan here, clearly an American, mm. uh, is also a fan of Doctor Who. My follow up question to that is that uh, it says an English accent makes everything better. What is your favourite English accent? Ooh. Adam Blompier. 
Yeah. No, I, don't, I just said that to get people really excited for nothing. <laughs> Something's not going to happen. Um, uh, what, what is, I don't know, what's yours? You must have one. Oh, sc- oh, right, I thought you meant like a specific person. No, no, like just the, the Scouse accent in general. Just it's very. I find mm. it a very comforting accent. It makes me think of home. Mm. It just makes me feel safe. And finally, I've actually my, uh, my wife-to-be is also now whenever she hears a Scouse accent or someone on the TV with a Scouse accent she goes it is a very warm accent it does make me feel very warm inside I initially so when I hear a Scouse accent I get scared uh, because I assume they're going to come and hurt me or rob me and uh, then I and then I find it comical It's a silly accent. It's not a silly accent. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I don't think that. I also, I don't think they're American. Hulagard books. The way that Hulagard is spelt, that looks Scandinavian to me. Oh, how insensitive of me to instantly assume that Just they're either American or, or British. Just do do apologise. Yeah. Uh, Michael plays writes from a good brother, too sweet. Too swaft. Uh, gonna, yeah, too swaft you there. I love listening to Wrestle Ramble podcast. It is a ref- it is refreshing to hear two blokes talking about wrestling, and nice to know that there are two people whose spouses also hate wrestling. Keep it up, guys. Too swaft. Yes. Well, he said too sweet. Michael plays. Sweet. Cheers. Your uh, your lady partner hates wrestling. She doesn't enjoy it at all. No, my uh, I actually have recommended to my lady partner to listen to How to Wrestling, mm. the uh, the podcast, which is designed for people who don't. Uh, enjoy wrestling and a way they might be able to enjoy wrestling to a new fan being introduced to the product by someone who's a bit more knowledgeable and she enjoys the podcast to a degree but it has not made her want to watch any wrestling she does now use terminology though she uses like wrestling words around the house i i get excited when i i go like um because i I talk a lot of shop at home Mm -hmm. and i'll say oh you never guess what alberto del rio has done now and she'll go, the one who did this, this, and this, and this, because she likes like the gossip side of things. Yeah, that makes that sounds awfully sexist, doesn't it? <laughs> she, she likes, a, but you know, it's drama. Yeah. Who doesn't like drama? Oh yeah, and my lady partner can name some wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, she very much likes Roman Reigns because he's got yeah. very pretty eyes. I, um, my lady partner always goes, "Where's the blonde one?" Because we watch, I made a well, I wanted to watch the UK Championship tournament at the start of this year, and she sat through both nights with me. Wow! And she kind of got invested. She wanted Mark Andrews to win, and that's what she means when she says the blonde <laughs> one. I mean, he's not on any of these shows. <laughs> We're gonna have to go to like Cardiff to watch him. Yeah, if you want. Uh, but yeah, she likes the blonde one. She likes the blonde. She one. likes she likes the high spots because she's she yeah. does circus and stuff. So oh, of course, yeah. Uh, my lady partner likes uh, Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. Because he's got wonderful abs. He's got too many abs. <laughs> she like Tony Nese. She, I don't think she's seen Tony Nese. Different yet. kind of abs. He has. He's got more. He's got more abs than brain cells. Yeah. Uh, but that's, schmuck. That's all we've got time for today. But we'll see you on Saturday for some Helena Cell predictions. Hot damn! Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.